Do they actually have two-way mirrors? I've never seen a two-way mirror <laughs> in my life. Out now. Watching the detectives with New York Times best-selling author, Cara Hunter. You must scrutinise the evidence. Don't just take it on blind faith. I'm assuming most of you have a, probably an unhealthy interest in, in crime and crime scenes. Is that realistic? Can you be accurate within a couple of hours as to when that took place? Do you think that AI will become one of your experts? I didn't see this before. This must be from the killer. You put a crime scene on, I was like, oh, can I have a look? No, no, <laughs> no one goes in. I'm not even allowed in. That wonderful machine where you can put in your fingerprints and it'll go beep, 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 beep. Firstly, yes, I'm not disputing that it is Cara Hunter's DNA. And, it, and he literally did say, oh, it's a fair cop. Yeah. From the author of Murder in the Family and Close to Home, watching the detectives. And just remember, just because it's on telly doesn't mean it's true. Watching the detectives is a Laughing Frog production. Available in all the usual places. <laughs> Greetings from the garden and what might be described as an emergency edition of Beyond a Yoke. Normally, I'd be sitting at an elderly desk at the front of the summer house near a large microphone on a tripod, um, and at the other end of that wire would be a mixing desk, and beyond that would be my mystery producer, whom we shall refer to henceforth as Ethel, who spends a great deal of her time in her shed doing secret things with philately. But we won't go there. We can't go there. We are hours away from what might be described as lockdown two. Uh, and altogether it's a bit of a grey day, really. I've With these podcasts, I've always tried to keep it light to use the garden and its occupants, a mixture of ducks and chickens, as a sort of stepping off point for thoughts and ideas about stuff, about life, about knuckle scraping, spotty face adolescence with big bore exhausts, never a more truthful description could you find than big bore exhaust. But anyway... Of course, none of us can really do what we normally do, and we won't be able to do that for some time. And I suppose talking about this instantly dates these words. Give it a few weeks, and we'll all be somewhere else. But at this end of the microphone, I think a lot of us are looking at a, a kind of psychological precipice almost, thinking, oh, what happens next? So I've come into the garden as a means of, I suppose, resetting my brain, really. And what I can see would cause Monty Don to weep. Uh, piles of leaves that have been battered from the trees by the incessant winds and rain that we've had for the last few days. Bags containing rotting pears. And yet... It's still a calming place. I can see some of the chickens trundling about, doing what they do. In the distance is Richard the Cockerel, who is chaperoning three of his girls, 
who are doing that busy chicken foraging thing where you pour at the ground with your claws. They're shifting leaves out of the way uh, in search of grubs and insects. And for them, today is as good a day as any other. And they're just getting on with life. Life for them hasn't changed. It's not bad, really. They're still stuck mid-molt. So they have bald patches. I know the feeling. And I do hope they get on with it, because winter proper can't be very far off. And they're going to get a bit cold around the chubblies. There's something quite calming about just standing in an open space and letting the world do what it does. I'm looking at trees with the last of the leaves that are turning yellow and they're not exactly thrashing about but they're the wind is making them look busy and they've been here for much longer than I have and there's something slightly restful about that I, I can't quite describe why apologies because as you can hear in the meteorological sense I've got wind now normally of course the wonderful Ethel would work her magic with the faders and downplay the noise but she's not there so she can't but a slightly cheerless sort of day. Um, I'm not long back from charity shops in the nearest town to us, which is a market town called Tenterton, anticipating them all being shut for a month. And I've taken them bags of clothes and shoes that belong to my dad, who died about 18 months ago. And uh, I, I felt non-specifically melancholic doing that and also slightly relieved and I felt a little guilty for feeling slightly relieved but I suppose that's that's natural and normal and it marked another one of life's smaller but significant full stops I guess but things carry on don't they and one of the things I'm looking at in the garden is a post it's about 10 foot tall. On top of that is a weather vane. And for the north, south, east and west points, it's, uh, it's made of metal. Uh, you've got a dragon's head, a sort of dragon's tail, something that looks a little bit like uh, an artist's interpretation of waves breaking on a beach and an upward arrow and the weather vane itself which is made of copper except for a weight at the front is shaped like a shark and my father made that he made it about 30 odd years ago for his older brother who'd been a pilot in the second world war he'd flown spitfires and then he'd become a commercial pilot and he retired in his 60s and he went to live in a little village called Etlo um, in Gloucestershire overlooking the River Severn, the Severn Boar. And that weather vane was his re retirement present and my father made it at the workshop 
uh, at London Weekend Television where he worked. He made props and special effects. And I look at the weather vane and I've got lots of photographs of it um, in the summer with sort of blood orange sunlight behind it or in the snow or now with the, the busy grey and white clouds roiling and moving along behind it. And that's that's quite comforting. It's It's a little bit of continuity, which I guess is what this space is about. Anyway, I don't want to end on a maudlin note. All my feathered chums are still extant. They seem reasonably happy. They're not too damp. Some of them are even laying eggs. They're not being horrible to each other. And they're having a good time just being, which when you think of the wider world can be a little hard to do, but is actually quite good for you. I'm finding that just standing here in my tatty gardening jacket... Uh, is taking away tension. It's a little bit like somebody has put a key in my back and is slowly unwinding it. If some of that vibe is coming to you, good. You've been listening to the Beyond a Yoke podcast. I'm Martin Gurdon. The music for this podcast is composed by Johnny Easton. Beyond a Yoke is a Laughing Frog production. Coming Easter Saturday, actors Brian Murphy and Linda Regan. In in those days, the kind of um, sitcoms that we loved, we got to know the characters and we really liked the characters. Would be nice if it happened. You say, what do you mean, would be? He said, we're building the set now. <laughs> Sharing a life in comedy and a life of love. He had red and white stripes on his legs and you were standing there and you looked like a tube of toothpaste. Thank you very much. <laughs> Man About the House, first of all, then comes that spin-off series of Georgia Mildred. With Youth of Joy. Chemistry. I think I'm OK. Mm. Bounce about, I can still get my legs in the air. Agents won't ring on Saturday. Agents won't ring at all, darling. Settle down in the studio, please. Be quiet. Talking is a Laughing Frog production.